Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit robblack.com. Robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. Talking money, investing, savings, and much, much more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I'm going to go over the headline news and go over what happened last week. I'm going to go over what's happened year to date. We're going to get some insight into the economy, into the stock market. And I'll try to work in a little bit more strategy today as well. Year to date, NASDAQ's up 29.9%. We had a losing week last week. So last week at this time, I said we're going up 30%. Eight straight weeks up, and we're up 30%. That's where it leaves us. That's too good. That's too much. That's too far. The S&P 500 is up 13.7%, which I like that number. I can work with that. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 1.7%. That's an underperformer. For me, I kind of want all these things working somewhere together, not outperform with an underperform. Doesn't mean that the underperformers catch up, but we can't have up 29% without some dislocation happening. Netflix up 43.7% for the year. So the NASDAQ snapped its eight-week winning streak. That's pretty impressive. It's still on pace to the first best half of the year ever. Has nearly erased its total losses from 2022. In the media world, Disney, Warner Brothers, Discovery, Paramount, Global struggle. Um, and yet Netflix up 43% for the year. Some dislocations there, right? And did you hear me say that the NASDAQ is having its best first half of the year ever? Not since 2010, but ever. It's too good. It's too much of a good thing. But I'm okay with it because last year was pretty miserable. And you have one company that uh, kind of brought itself the pain that's giving the pleasure to this year. And that would be Meta. Whereas a highly, highly high quality dislocation, material dislocation. And it got way oversold last year. Some headlines out there. New York City and San Francisco had a big day of pride parades. Um, everything seemed to go okay, which I'm pleased with. But why are we talking about threats on why are we talking about threats to humans, you know? I don't get it. That's uh, got me a little thrown. Southern fruit harvests. <clears throat> Bumper crops this year. Nope. <clears throat> Summer fruit crops not doing well. Florida oranges and Georgia peaches are both experiencing the lowest production of their big name fruits in decades. Could drive prices for produce like orange juice even higher than they are now. 
in Florida, a citrus harvest this season could be its smallest since 1928. We got some pretty big things happening. Like this is the best first half that Nasdaq's ever had. Worst crop since 1928. Just throwing that out there for you. Um, when all seems to be going well, it's interesting to look for data. 102 names are on the ballot for Toronto's mayor. <laughs> is that funny? Let's get to know all the candidates. Nope. Let's move on to today's headlines and um, see where we stand. Give me one more second. Let me open this puppy up. There we go. Um, Tesla was downgraded to neutral today at Goldman Sachs. Alphabet was downgraded to neutral from buy at UBS. The weakness in those stocks following the rating changes has been a drag today. There isn't a lot of news of note. The leader of the mercenary Wagner group. This was kind of crazy to watch on Saturday. Um, the leader of the Wagner group basically led an incursion into Russia with a purported motive of supplanting Russia's leadership. At the last second, it was called off. And that's a dead man walking, they say. But things may start to crack in Putin in Ukraine. That's the hope. And that would be something that helps the world stock markets and helps the world economies. If it cracks in a good way. Got to be careful what I say here. Let's just say uh, if we can find a way to stop shooting each other with bullets and bombs, it would be positive for the stock market. Carnival Cruise Line is reporting earnings this week. That's going to be an interesting one because of COVID, right? Where we weren't allowed to go on cruise ships. Oh, and by the way, always, always there's crazy videos coming out from sea. Uh, big one this weekend. One of the big cruise ships hit uh, massive waves and things went flying. I'm not a cruise kind of guy. Walgreens, General Mills, Micron Paychecks, Nike, all going to have earnings this week. So we got a lot to look forward to. There is a lot going on, to say the least. Um, Goldman Sachs would appreciate you all bidding higher for the things it's trying to sell. The bank is on track to take a significant write down for the lender Green Sky. It's looking to offload. Janet Yellen sees a comeback in deal making. She's our Treasury Secretary. She thinks more banks are going to merge this year. What's interesting to note about that is merchant acquisitions are typically good for the sector, but maybe not good for the economy in the long run. In large part, uh, fewer competitors to go and get a deal done with. And regional banks are really super important to stay some level of regional because if like you're a McDonald's franchisee and you need a $2 million loan, you go to your local regional bank. You don't go to the big banks because the big banks not really all that interested in you. Shares of a Francis Bacon painting will be publicly listed via IPO for a new art stock exchange. Um, I was trying to wrap my head around this yesterday morning. And I'm going to have to get back to you on this one, how it's going to work and how it's going to feel. Um, but Francis Bacon, take a look at some of his paintings. And you're going to go, oh, okay, I get it. Very nice, very nice, very nice. But um, 
launching shares in one painting. Hmm. <clears throat> Throwing that out there that I don't quite understand the details of this deal at this point in time. A lot of startups are struggling for cash. We knew this was going to happen. Um, during the pandemic, companies didn't come public and they continue to grow and eat through their cash and continue to grow and eat through their cash. Congress is debating who should be allowed to invest in startups. One bill would have investors take a test to become accredited. I don't know about that. <laughs> to be a, uh, to have your money exposed to a hedge fund, you should have a million dollars. That's considered an accredited investor. I'm not so sure we need Congress saying whether or not you should invest in a startup or not. Employees of the world's largest software company, Microsoft, are not content with juicy, 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 juicy tech salaries. Uh, they don't want to live near beautiful Seattle. They don't pay state income tax. Some of them are upset that their compensation, Microsoft's leadership, um, starting to become a little bit of a thing between Google and Microsoft. Employees really not happy with the direction the companies are taking. Labor management swings back and forth. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial. Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. So I want to say thank you to the people that came out yesterday for my pints and portfolio. We had three hours of good conversation, and I felt, how shall we say, appreciated in a funny way. People know way too much about my life that I tell ever so slowly on this show, and they remember it, and that's kind of insane um, when you get confronted with some of the things you've said or done in the past. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 that's me. <laughs> Anyhow, um, one of the things we talked about were things that I do use for research, things that I use to brush up on. Um, first and foremost, I spend a lot of money or my company spends a lot of money on corporate research. But some of the things you could do yourself without spending a lot of money um, is sign up for an online account with Schwab or E-Trade or Fidelity. They have high quality corporate research on their websites that you can look into. It never hurts to educate yourself. Um, for something that I do on my own outside of the world of professional research, uh, I really, I think the Wall Street Journal is a, a great piece, wonderful piece. And there's an article today that just shows you why I like it so much. And again, I read a lot. If you're not a reader, research is not for you. Uh, and it's a job. So I read two full books a week, minimum. It's a job. On top of all the research that I'm doing, it's, 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 it doesn't stop. So today in the Wall Street Journal, there's a great uh, article. And the headline got me. Tech startup targets missile motors. Tech startup targets missile motors. It is exactly what it sounds like. As Silicon Valley moves into weapons. Um, there's a company called Anduril. 
Industries. They're one of the first California based tech startups to seek weapons contracts from the Pentagon. It's purchasing a rocket engine business to supply motors to used in missiles. If you've watched any of the Ukraine war on CNN and seen some of the startling footage, you see these missiles are crazy. Um, and yeah, you could invest in war. Pretty odd concept, right? You know the United States government increases our military budget every year. We don't decrease it. There's companies like Northrop Grumman where you could own a company that makes missiles. Let's pull up a chart of Northrop Grumman and see if investing in war is a good idea over the long term. Keep in mind, this is a controversial segment that I'm doing. People do not like the concept that I'm throwing out there. I say you can give money to any charity that you want, maybe a, a peace company, if you invest and make wealth in war. In the last five years, North Carolina has gone from 244 to $445. That is close to a double, isn't it? It's really close to a double. Um, that's amazing. If you double your money every five years, you're going to do well. Historically, with the stock market, you double your money every 7.2 years. Now, let me pull out, and for the record, it pays a 1.65% dividend yield, which is not reflected in that doubling in the last five years. So you got a little cash on the way to either buy back more shares or to put in your pocket. Whoops. Let's see. When we pull out a bigger chart. Wow, it's um, not even close to its all-time high right now. All-time high is 533. It's at 445. And if you go back to the year 2000, it was a $35 stock. And then you go up five years, and that was a $57 stock. Another five years takes it up to 65. Oops, no. Another five years takes it up to 186. Another five years. Like, do you see how I'm doing this? takes it up to 335. It's been a outperformer. It's been a solid stock to own for the last 30 years. Taking a look at its P ratio, it's not expensive. Trades at 14 times earnings. That's pre like I may want to buy this stock later today after doing this. I can't because I have to wait 3 days after I talk about something on the air. But you can see what's attracted just by doing a little bit of research on it. Now, it's got a big forward P.E., so something's uh, interesting or wonky in their numbers. So I would definitely have to check it out. But you can invest in war. And that comes to me um, by a Wall Street Journal article that started this whole segment where I said, um, it's a good resource for you. I think it's worth the investment um, by a lot. I think it's quite lovely. Um What's interesting is Northrop Grumman is considered like the big boy, right? Uh, the conglomerate war machine company. You also got Lockheed Martin out there. Uh, but now what the Wall Street Journal is telling me is that Silicon Valley is investing in missile technologies. So as to help create missiles for the bigger boys, maybe some that are guided smarter, faster, cheaper. Uh, those are all the ideas. And there's even really cool photos um, and I, I, now he, here's where I'm telling you I'm a boy. There's some photos of the Javelin anti-tank missile. And it's 
army army rangers or army soldiers and they're firing it and i look at the technology i'm like that's kind of cool looking but again it's not lost on me this is used to kill people and that's something you have to reconcile with um or maybe it's used to keep peace i don't know depends on how you look at it with uh how you believe on arming your country so that other countries don't mess with you but really interesting article. And who knew there was venture capital community? And th- that's what I'm trying to get at. I couldn't quite say it until I finally figured it out. <clears throat> who knew that Silicon Valley would have me question, do I want to invest in an AI startup or do I want to invest in a missile technology startup? Raytheon, Northrop Grumman, Lockheed Martin. Those are three of the big boys in the industry. If you want to play that game, um, up to you. I know a game that you will play, Apple. Apple has started to show some plans for new Apple Watch Ultra with iPhone 15 coming this fall as well. So their product roadmap includes the Apple Watch Ultra with iPhone 15 this fall. Companies also reportedly beginning work on a second generation Vision Pro. Uh-huh. They haven't even debuted the first one. Now they're coming out with a second version. And they're coming out with a third lower end model. Apple is also expected to ship some new M3-powered laptops and new OLED screen iPads will ship by next year. So you got some of the products coming out. Are you interested in a low-cost Vision Pro? I think that should probably potentially move the stock. Um, And a more powerful Vision Pro? Pretty crazy stuff, right? I'm Rob Black. The wheels keep moving. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. We could talk bonds. We could talk strategy. Oh, we could talk James Bond, too. (laughs) He's a funny financial guy. He said bonds, and I thought he was doing... James Bond may have a new car. Let's talk about this. Um, Lucid, Aston Martin, the stock jumps. James Bond has an EV deal. Ooh, an electric vehicle, right? Does that sound like James Bond? Okay, okay. I'm not I'm not a James Bond kind of guy. I liked the movies when I was 14 years old. I never loved the movies. <clears throat> but Lucid is taking a stake in luxury car maker, Aston Martin, under a deal that will see the EV startup supplying the storied British marquee driven in films by Britain's most famous spy with battery components and technology. It's an example of electric vehicle company becoming more than just a car maker. The deal has Lucid shares up 10%. It's a welcome jump for Lucid investors that have endured some tough times as it looks like Tesla, but it doesn't act like Tesla stock. Lucid stock has fallen about 72% over the last 12 months. Shares hit a record low last week. In a new partnership, the startup looks like a senior partner. Aston Martin's value in the marketplace, including debted stock, is about $4 billion. Lucid's value is about $10 billion. Aston Martin plans to launch its first battery electric vehicles around 2025. Lucid doesn't make batteries yet. Sources them from Panasonic. Auto makers have begun producing batteries or building battery plants partly to help reduce cost. Battery plants, however, cost billions and Lucid needs its cash to build its car business. 
still doesn't have any interest in Lucid. Wall Street expects Lucid will use $2 billion in 2023 and $1.3 billion in 2024. It ended the first quarter with about $4 billion in total liquidity. So I'm seeing Bullen only have $700 million left, and they burn through billions on a regular basis. Wow. And they're going to have to come back to shareholders and say, we need more money. Aston Martin, which is uh, a relatively small car maker, had a deal to buy battery components from bigger partner Mercedes-Benz. They're now going to buy them from Lucid. Aston Martin will continue its relationship with Mercedes, providing engines and other equipment. However, the German car maker uh, will no longer raise its 9% stake in Aston. The deal is significant for Lucid, which is a Tesla rival. It shows its tech has a value beyond the vehicles it's able to produce in or its own manufacturing line. Uh, it's an interesting transatlantic partnership that I don't see the, oh, yeah. Now Lucid is going to be powering James Bond. Oh, sure. Throw money that way. Doesn't really ring true, does it? It doesn't feel right. One in five baby boomers are delaying retirement due to concerns of recession. When I say this, think about your own self, okay? I know you're probably not a boomer. But think of how their problems could become your problems one day. Delaying retirement concerns. 70% of baby boomers are worried about a potential recession. With 22% planning on delaying their retirement due to that. Okay. First and foremost, shame on you, baby boomers, for not having enough cash to get through a recession. You've seen enough of these. I get it. I get it. The Federal Reserve's jacked up interest rates. I get it. I get it. Um, it's tough to pull off a soft landing, but right now the employment's very strong. So as long as employment's strong, we're going to probably have lingering inflation, which probably means the Fed could raise interest rates one or two more times even though they've already done a historic pace in historic uh, least amount of time ever. So some people want to stop and pause and reflect and maybe let inflation run a little bit longer. But I'll tell you what, if you're a median income, uh, middle to low income, you are not feeling happy about inflation. Um, retirement living found that 69% of baby boomers are worried about a potential recession. And that's because 22% of baby boomers plan on delaying their retirement. The odds of recession in the next 12 months are about 50%, according to expectations. Businesses are likely to conserve cash and limit their spending for the rest of the year. Export market figures are expected to weaken. Government spending will continue, but no new major spending programs are on the horizon, which is good. Um, Last week, we had Jerome Powell talk to Congress. And they were pretty pithy. They were a pretty pithy group. And uh, they were attacking Jerome Pollock. Your high interest rates are killing my citizens. Please, please, dear, please lower the interest rates. And he should have said, well, if you didn't give away $4 trillion during COVID, we wouldn't have this runaway inflation. And he won't do that. He's a respectful, very thoughtful man with his words. But that's the those of us in money are screaming at, at the Congress. Um, you kind of brought this on yourselves. Retirement living has found that 18% of boomers relied entirely on Social Security or government programs for retirement income. 
That's crazy. I know I come across as a bit privileged and entitled. I try not to. Um, but I also try to be honest. So it's something I, I have to dance around. 18% of boomers relied entirely on Social Security or government programs for income. 36% relied heavily and 26% relied moderately. So when we add those up, that's 80% of Americans are tied towards Social Security to enjoy retirement. Only 20% land in the, we're doing okay. Um, that's incredibly depressing to me. Go to ssa.gov today. I can't believe how often I give this advice, and I feel like no one does it. And find out what your Social Security is looking like. Don't put it off. Um, you're only going to work till maybe 60. My brother Clint was put in a situation. He's older than me by a lot. My parents had kids, and they had more kids and more kids and more kids, and then they stopped. And they had one more kid accidentally called my sister. And yes, we tease her about it. Eight-year gap difference between me and my sister, but that's not the point here. My brother Clint, um, he was kind of a uh, an odd soul. He struggled to get through college. He grew up at a time where hippies were a thing. And uh, my dad was in the military, so that didn't go terribly well with my father. Uh, to have a son smoking marijuana. But uh, he ultimately landed in Saudi Arabia working as an oil uh, analyst uh, using software decoding to figure out where it is, how to extract it, how much, that kind of stuff. But after 9-11, Saudi Arabia said it's probably best if Americans go home because we can't give you safety that you might want. So he came back home and he couldn't find a job for quite a long time. Ultimately, he got one, um, but he hit age discrimination. So know that it can happen. Too many people here in this statistic are counting on Social Security to take care of them. And go look at Social Security and do the math. You're not going to be happy. Um, total benefits are not what you think they are. Let's see if I can pull up mine real quick. Um, let's see. I'm there. Yep. Let's sign in. Yes. That's still correct. Um, okay. I got to wait for a security code to arrive. Let's see if it's already there. It is not as of yet. So maybe I'll do this next segment. When a government computer tells you it's going to take two minutes for us to so there it is. There it is. Um, it's kind of funny that it's going to take two minutes, right? Because we live in the instant gratification world. So let's see if I can plug this in. Bang, bang, boom. I'm at ssa.gov. I agree to the terms. Um, I am looking at... Okay. my I have the 40 work credits you need to receive benefits. If I take Social Security early, it's going to be $2,400 a month. If I take it when I'm 67... It's going to be $3,635. If I take it at age 70, it's going to be $4,527.
that's a pretty significant difference between taking it early and taking it late. If I take it at 70, the hope is that I'm going to live to 85, 90, 95. If I take it at 62, the hope is that I'm dead at 65 to 68. That's the idea. Um, I do not plan on taking Social Security early. Um, I plan on delaying it. Um, my spouse may want to take hers early, but hers is going to be a significantly smaller number because she's worked less and contributed less into Social Security. Um, it's a pretty cool thing by jumping on and look at your Social Security statement. You can take a look at all the years of how much money you worked, how much money you made in your uh, career. Uh, once it gets past 20 years, they start plummeting in like five-year numbers. But it's I like the form. And again, I don't think I could live off $2,400 a month if it was me and my spouse. Um, I, I would have to sell some of my assets, like my stocks or my real estate. So, which is fine. That's I don't need two houses in retirement. Um, but I'd like to give one of those houses or maybe both those houses to my children and figure out, you know, where I go with all this. There's a lot of juggling between now and then. Uh, check it out. SSA.gov. SSA.gov. I'm Rob Black. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. So I can do this one quickly and I'll get to another idea right behind it. TikTok is probably underperforming number, uh, underreporting performance numbers. And it's interesting to note how powerful TikTok is becoming. And all I'm going to have to say is the word Keith Adila. And you're going to go, what the heck is a Keith Adila? But before we get to the Keith Adila, let's notice that Starbucks, Chipotle, and a host of other companies are starting to let TikTok make decisions for them. The ever-changing whims of the young people who look at TikTok, 50 million plus daily active users, are changing the way businesses develop and release products. Restaurants are modifying menus to satiate demands and ease burdens uh, on workers. Chipotle officially added the Keith Adela, an off-menu hack popularized by influencer Alex Frost and Keith Lee to its menu after customers trying to order it created mayhem in stores. At Starbucks, Complicated TikTok drinks have become the bane of the barista's existence. But the coffee's chain's no stranger to the Internet's demands. In 2017, TikTok, uh, pre-TikTok, Starbucks added the customer-created viral pink drink to its menu and released a bottled version of it in April. Um, Dave's Gourmet rushed to bring the viral pink sauce to market in 90 days. TikTok's move away from skinny jeans inspired by Aeropostale to increase its loose fit denim offerings, which went from 7% sales in 2020 to 40% in 2022. It saw a 15% increase in profits. So TikTok is probably underreported performance numbers so as to not draw the eyeballs and scrutiny of the Congress. But they're probably getting the eyeballs and scrutiny of corporate America because Look, we'll make a Keith Adela if you stop telling people to come in and order a Keith Adela. Um, it's a good problem to create for a company. 
Uh, but it could be really tax employees trying to fulfill these goofy requirements like, oh, I want one red shot. I want a pink shot. I want a green shot and a blue shot in my coffee. Oh, and don't forget to swirl them together. Fast fashion in particular has been called out for its negative impacts on the environment and its customers scrambling to keep pace with you know the trends that uh, TikTok can throw out there. Just throwing it down there for you. I think that's a fascinating story to me. Um, okay, we did the lucid acid market one. That's not great. Oh, uh, pill for obesity. So for now, Wazimpic is very expensive and only available as an injection. I think a lot of people, when you can get a pill that does what Ozempic does as a shot, more people will jump to it. There won't be that stigma of sticking yourself. The financial potential for drugs that lead to significant weight loss isn't hard to grasp. If even a small portion, 40% of Americans who are obese get on the medications, the companies that offer them could be looking at massive blockbusters. Um, things like price, convenience, and access are important for now, Nova Nordisk um, and Ozempic. Um, Wagovi, Eli Lilly, they're, they're all players here. Um in mid-stage study, the highest dose of an Eli Lilly experimental pill led to a 14.7% weight loss at week 36. Uh, Novo Nordisk, which makes the medication Smeglitude, um, which is used the brand names Ozempic and Wagovi, said that a pill form of that drug helped adults in a trial lose an average 15.1% of their body weight over 68 weeks in a late-stage study. Novo now expects to file for regulatory approval in the United States and Europe, though the launch could take time as the company ramps up its manufacturing capacity and deals with shortages of something Wagovi hitting the markets hard right now. Pfizer has been testing two oral drugs. Today, they announced it would move forward with one of them and kill the other one. I shouldn't say kill and pill. It's kind of creepy, but stop development of it. And uh, I think the trick's going to be in getting these into pills versus shots. And I think shares of Eli Lilly and Novo have each more than doubled in the past three years. And the two companies are now the top two largest pure pharmaceutical companies in the world. Lilly is the only pure play drug company whose market capitalization exceeds $400 billion. It trades at 44 times earnings. That's pretty nuts. If you look at the average pharmaceutical stock, it trades at 15 times earnings. But analysts are projecting Lily's Moderno alone could reach over $50 billion in annual sales for diabetes and obesity. Um, this is a big market. And you know how I talk about total addressable market in tech companies. You could also talk about total addressable market in how many Americans are fat and obese and need to lose weight. Um, I've put on an extra 15 pounds. I don't know where it came from. So this is going to be my summer where I start losing weight again. And it's, oh, would I take a pill? I probably would. Have I taken a pill? I probably have not. Uh, but pills also for the drug industry bring down costs while preserving manufacturers' margins. Um, Lily's uh, formulation is a small molecule, while Novo's oral formation of smagnitude is an oral peptide, which has fasting restrictions, requires a large amount of active pharmaceutical ingredients to manufacture. Small molecule pills could be as much as 70% cheaper than injectables while still generating similar profits. Some analysts say the treatment of obesity could eventually involve a combination of orals and injections. Too much work for Americans. You got to make it easy. You got to make it easy and, you know, get it in pill form. Um, I'm just throwing that down there. Uh, lab meat was a big story last week. And 
I got to take a look at some of what it looks like. It looks like real meat. That's important because it looks like it has tex- texture of real meat. But I guess it is real meat. It's just lab grown. The USDA cleared cell grown meat for sales uh, for sale as labs try to do what plants based couldn't do. Um, we are a foodie nation. The U.S. is the second country to approve the sale of lab grown meat after Singapore. Uh, growing portions. 150 plus companies have pulled together to raise three billion dollars to cultivate meat and seafood. Again, cultivate means grow it in a lab. It's just funny saying that, right? Uh, you can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com.